Welcome to Reminix Fan. My name is Rebecca, and today we will be watching MTV Scream Season 1, Episode 2, titled Hello, Emma. Previously on Reminix Scream Fan, a lot of suspects were introduced, but most of them will be victims. Also, remember, we are keeping count of how many times Brandon James is mentioned, dead and especially alive. As well as meta moments in creating our guide to survival. Now, before we get into this episode, there is a trigger warning for this episode for suicide mentions and self-harm mentions. Although I do not go into any kind of detail on such, on the self-harm, there is no actual suicide, but a death similar to one. I don't know why I feel like I need to defend my choice of using a trigger warning, but this may be a slasher show. It is not one that heavily talks about these matters, like 13 Reasons Why. The show is about a third party unaliving people, not people unaliving themselves. So, let's get into it. Today we will we will be talking about MTV Scream Season 1, Episode 1, titled, I mean, I'm sorry, Episode 2, titled, Hello, Emma. We open on, the YouTube, on YouTube being, on a shot of YouTube being open of Audrey's and Rachel's video. But it says video has been removed due to content. But all the recommended videos are of girls kissing. Whoever's looking at this is either a fetishizing man or a gay girl. We then get like them scrolling down through. I, I think they're scrolling through screenshots. Of people bullying Rachel. And now I'm a little sad. Like people are calling her a pig and a lesbo and mean stuff. And it is Rachel that's looking at all of this. So this is where the first trigger warning comes through. Um, so keep that in mind. It's only going to last for a couple of seconds. So she opens this little trinket box. I believe it's in like the shape of a heart to reveal some razors. And I, of course, conveniently forgot this part. So she grabs one and, well, you can use your imagination. I don't feel comfortable saying what she's doing. Trigger warnings kind of over um in a second she puts her ugh, her phone rings and scares her so she puts the razors back and you know it's got like blood on it in trigger warning here um she answers the phone and audrey sounds very weird i'm guessing someone is mimicking her voice like in screen three rachel points out the weirdness and audrey says it must be a bad connection but at the same time, maybe not. Like Audrey just said that she's been thinking about Rachel all night. And Rachel says, must be a crap TV night. And Audrey replies, why do you do that? Put yourself down. Rachel tells her about the cyberbullying. And Audrey tells her to ignore them. Okay, it's definitely not Audrey. The, same per the person on the phone says who sounds like Audrey invited themselves over. And Rachel says, no, it's late. Um, so quotations around Audrey. And Audrey says, quotations around Audrey, um, what if I'm already here? We then hear a loud thud and Rachel walks over to her closet and says, this is so funny. <laughs> she says, if this is a coming out of the closet joke, it needs to be significantly less creepy. And you know what? Rachel is pretty funny. She opens the door and nothing is there. But then she hears the door a door open. Fake Audrey tells her to come out to our spot, which is Rachel's balcony. Rachel does this, but she's not. Audrey's not out there. She then calls Audrey Romeo, which is kind of funny because, you know, they're on a balcony. Anyway, <laughs> kind of wish she wasn't about to die. She then sees a rope um, hanging over the side of the balcony and is very confused. So this is a kill coming up, but it's done in a certain manner that I will be trigger warning. So trigger warning again. Rachel pulls up the rope to reveal a noose at the end. A masked person comes up behind her and puts the rope around her neck and throws her over the balcony. Railing, snapping her neck and killing her. Trigger warning over. And we get a little title card. Um, We open up on like a sweep through the town starting at the lake. And during this, we get a voiceover of a podcast called Autopsy of a Crime. Subtitles tell us this person is named Piper. The one speaking. 
I just burped. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> Through podcast voiceover by Piper Shaw, we find out that they still haven't found Tyler. O'Neill. Emma is um, the one listening to this podcast as she's walking up to her school. Brooke comes up to her and scares her. Emma is upset at Brooke for telling her about Will and Nina. Brooke says that she was terrified of Nina. I love Brooke. She tells, and then she tells her that she would wear an ugly orange jumpsuit for Emma. Emma asks if they've gotten any weird messages next or phone calls. And Brooke says, oh my God, I fucking love Brooke. She says, yeah, selling generic sex pills from India. Emma then explains, no, creepy, mysterious, weird. She also goes into more details about pretending to have, about how they said um, something about pretending to have perfect lives on the internet. She also specifically says on Instagram and Facebook. Brooke says, well, he must be ancient if he still thinks we're on Facebook. And she's right, even for this time, 2015, I think, 2015, 2016. Riley says it's probably just Jake being a douche. We then cut to the police station and to the interview of Noah Foster. He asks about the brand, um, asks about Brandon James and calls him a serial killer. Noah is aut- autistic coded here as he corrects Sheriff Hudson saying that Brandon is actually classified as a mass murderer. He asks if he if he's ever contacted anyone related to that night of Halloween of 94. And Noah answers with I'm sorry, yawning. Trying to be tired. So this is what Noah says. When I was in seventh grade, I was doing this report on nature versus nurture. And Brandon seemed like the perfect subject. Yeah, so I, I exchanged a few emails with his brother, Troy. And of course, I've tried to identify that mysterious girl that Brandon was in love with. Sheriff Hudson then asks if he had any luck. And Noah says no. Next, he asks if he ever contacted um, Kevin Duvall. And Noah is... Sorry, my phone stopped working. I could have just stopped recording, but here I am. Oh, I opened up the next episode of Supernatural. Nope, that's the 100. You would think I'd be able to read something that says scream in it. Okay, so Sheriff asks if he had, if he had contacted Kevin Duvall, and Noah is almost like offended, and he says, oh, no way, survivor stalking is seriously rude. Plus, Emma is in my class, not that I wouldn't love to ask him what it was like to face off against Vernon James, but you know, boundaries. Can we take a moment to talk about this answer? He thinks survivor, survivor stalking, as he calls it, is rude. But he still would talk about it. He would still like to talk about it with Kevin Duvall. Like, he still romanticizes the killings, but has has enough thought to know that reaching out to the survivor is messed up. But he still also reaches out to Brandon James' brother, who was also affected by the killings. Like, this doesn't make sense. Yes, there is speculation that Brandon James didn't kill anybody. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is he reaches out to the brother of Brandon James' brother, Troy. Troy was affected by the killings because he lost a brother that day, too. You know? Regardless of if Brandon killed or not, Troy still lost his brother. He, like... Now, there's speculation that Troy or Kevin might actually be the killers. Um... Anyways, it just doesn't make sense. Um, after this, the interview is over and Kieran walks in and Noah awkward, awkwardly says, thanks for saving my life. Sheriff Hudson asks what that was about and Karen explains it 
in a way that a teenager would honestly explain it. Sheriff Hudson asks which jock dropped Noah off the swim raft, and I shit you not, Karen answers, Sheriff, I'm your son, not your 21 Jump Street snitch. And I cannot tell you how fucking funny that is. We then cut to school where Jake tells Will, thank you for the ride, because he didn't drink and drive last night and had to leave his truck at school. Um, Will ignores this and doesn't comment on his friend for drinking responsibly and says that he can't believe Emma still won't talk to him. Jake then makes a gross comment and says that it's a bullet dodge because Emma seems, seems like a sex Amish. And the girls don't understand that Nina was like a sexual sniper. And I cannot believe that Jake is one of my favorite characters. Jake tells him to just forget about everything, basically. And Will asks if he can forget about any cyber connection to Nina. Jake lies and says, yes, we're close for business. Will walks off and Jake gets closer to the truck and sees some red splatter. Much too bright to be blood. And then he sees the word douche painted on his truck except it's spelled wrong like d-o-o-s-h next we cut off to nina's memorial where noah is reading a note left for her that says not her memorial why did i write her like what are those called her like shrine her like memorial shrine outside of the school so noah's reading this this note out that says I miss you, Nina Bovina. Rest in Prada. Love, Miranda. And I'm sorry, that is that's fucking hilarious. Rest in Prada. Noah and Audrey turn to each other and see someone questioning a teacher. Audrey then asks, who is that, as she walks up to them and introduces herself, and it's Piper Shaw. Piper tells Audrey she looks really familiar. Piper then asks if they know, if they knew Nina, and stupidly, Audrey says, Nina was a stone-cold bitch who got what she deserved. Piper then asks if she can quote Audrey on that, and Noah says no, she's, she's just joking. She then asks him if he has anything, any thoughts on the murder, and he's saying, yeah, a few, actually. But Jake is walking up yelling, someone's ass is toast. Noah tries to take off grabbing Audrey, and Jake calls his name. And Noah answers it with answers him with what's up Audrey tries to cut in but jake says can it lesbies <laughs> oh my god and he pushes noah up against a post and asks if he did it and noah says um while showing him the picture noah says but you know it's a sad statement of the decline of our public schools jake then puts his hand around noah's throat and tells him if he finds out he's lying he swears he is dead and Noah just says, I believe you. <laughs> he slaps him and walks away. Not like a hard slap, just like kind of like pats his face. Like, I don't know if the microphone caught that, but. It's important to note that both Audrey and Piper were recording this interaction. Piper on her phone and Audrey on her camcorder. Audrey says, misspelling douche was an interesting choice. And Noah says, yeah. But I should have got the spray stuff. I got paint all over me. I looked like Carrie at prom, at prom by the time I got home. Meaning the red on his forehead from the last episode was in fact paint and not blood. Obviously, we already knew this. That was the setup, you know. <laughs> um. Now we're cutting to the hallways where Riley is telling Emma she doesn't believe that Tyler did it. Will walks up to them and asks, asks Emma if she's gotten any of his texts. Buck, I kind of hate Will. He tells her what's, what he's about to say is going to sound like an excuse, but he thinks that she has came, that Nina came on to him because she feels threatened by Emma. And he's right. It does sound like a poor an excuse, a poor one at that. Emma responds with, so it's my fault you slept with Nina? And he says, no, you know how she played with people. Emma replies, yeah, we both knew. I thought we had something better than that. She tries to walk away, but Will blocks her. So Kieran, who was watching them, comes up to play savior. Will asks if they have a problem, and fucking Kieran, oh my god, I hate how much I love him, says, no, that's my locker. He adds, 
and I'm pretty sure Emma is done talking to you. Emma rolls her eyes because she doesn't need a man to save her. Fuck, the show is writing is hilarious, hilariously bad, but not, not so bad that it's wa- watchable. Like, I wonder if any of the writers who wrote this also wrote in Riverdale, because they're kind of similar. Like, Anyways, Will says, stay out of this, have a crombie. <laughs> and honestly, Will isn't wrong here either. Kieran looks like a walking, talking Abercrombie ad. I swear, it's so fucking good. Emma then says, do you want some dueling pistols or something? Why is this episode so funny? Will walks away and Emma asks Kieran if this is really his locker. And Kieran fucking goes, is that guy really your boyfriend? Emma, Emma then says, the jury's still out on this one, on that one. Um, she also wants him to know she doesn't usually kiss guys in greenhouses, and she was upset. He tells her that he will see her around, and he walks off too. Audrey then walks in and gives Emma a death stare as she walks by her. Emma then walks up to Audrey and asks if they can please talk. Audrey asks what they, what is there to say, as Riley and Brooke watch all this unfold. Audrey says, You and Nina filmed me and Rachel. She posted it over the web. You lied and now you feel guilty. There, we talked. Emma tells her that she's right and she should have stopped Nina from filming, but she was she wants them to be able to move on for this. And then using Will's words, says, pretty soon there's going to be a new headline, which is a dickish thing to say. Audrey then says, oh, so I should be comforted by the fact that someone else is bound to be humiliated today? And bam, Audrey is right. This is why I love her. She also says, those comments are are not going to go away. And Rachel can't ignore them the way I can. So many emotions. I love the way Audrey cares about Rachel. Like, she, like, genuinely seems to care despite the fact that she may or may not, you know, be in love with an ex-best friend. Their phones go off, and it's um a gif or a jiff of the, of the killer. In a Brandon James mask, I'm sorry. With Nina's dead body behind them in a red text saying, Payback is a bitch. But the important thing to note here is that Audrey doesn't have an iPhone. Emma does. So Audrey very much could be the killer. Now, obviously, earlier, I did not take like a good look at Jake's phone. Um, I will figure out his phone by the end of this episode. Now, Audrey is poorer than the rest of the group, so she has a reason to not own an iPhone. And honestly, I think they took this opportunity as a way to sneak in a fucking ad placement. Because it because in it, we very clearly can see Samsung at the top of her phone. So I can't imagine Samsung would allow an obvious placement like this on the killer. So it's unlikely she is the killer, but it's still fucking hilarious. Which, like. Like, I understand why iPhone has the rule or Apple has the rule. But if the villain is likable, I don't see the issue. (laughs) Most villains are likable. So Emma most definitely does have an iPhone, like I said. Emma then says, that's the Brandon James mask. And Audrey says, there's your new headline. And oh my gosh, why is it so fucking funny? Like, they just have, like, semi-good banter, like, all of the characters. But it's still, like, Riverdale-quality writing. The mayor... Oh, we fade out and back into Hudson on talking with the mayor. The mayor is upset about the mask, and the sheriff says that he has Cyber trying to figure out where it came from. Mr. Mayor then asks Maggie if she's seen the GIF. Mr. Mayor says GIF. The mayor still thinks that it was Tyler. Sheriff Hudson says that Tyler O'Neill is in is his main person of interest, but they don't know for sure that that's him behind the mask. The mayor then says that he will that he will make a mistake and is still pretty sure it's Tyler. The mayor leaves Sheriff Hudson and the mayor leaves and pause. Rebecca Sheriff Hudson asks if Maggie is okay. She nods. It's also important to note that Sheriff Hudson says GIF as well. 
He also says that their hotlines have started going off with Brandon James wannabes. She then asks if any of them seem dangerous. He tells her he's going to question all of them and he's pulling the Brandon James case file. They are then notified of another body. Emma's mom by phone and Clark by paper. Interestingly enough, Emma's mom... Oh. Emma's mom's phone goes off and it is not an iPhone chime. I think it's uh, it's like the same chime that um that we hear off of I think Riley's phone. Which I don't think I've I've told you what kind of phone Riley has yet. We cut to the school where Riley is texting on her phone and Noah sees her and goes up to talk to her. Noah offers to help Riley with her midterm paper since he's done. Riley suggests if he wants to stargaze, he should maybe do it while touching grass. No, she basically asks him out on a date to watch to watch and look at the stars. He's so nervous, it's so funny. Um, so now we're cutting to uh, Mr. Branson's class, where he tells everyone to put their phones away. I can see Jake's phone, which is a Samsung. Jake also says that the Brandon James GIF has put them on the map again. Jake also says GIF. Mr. Branson calls Noah, Will, and Graham and asks them what the killer's design is. So we semi get another murder monologue, as Noah says. Well, murder is a lonely game, you know. I mean, say you're the killer, okay? You sneak into Nina's house, you sulk around and scare her, and then kill her. Boom. But then what? You take a victory lap around the pool? You stand there, watching the blood spread out into the water? Thinking your crazy guy thoughts? Brooke then says, creepy monologue alert. I love Brooke. Every time she opens her mouth, I eat that shit up. Riley suggests it's no good if the killer is the only one watching. Noah says, exactly, yeah, it's the age of Instagram, YouTube, and Tumblr. I mean, we need to share the things we do or like it never happens. Riley's phone goes off and she checks it and gives us a peek at her Samsung phone. Riley tells everyone that her friend that goes to St. Mary's just texted and that a girl there died. A, a girl that goes there died. Audrey immediately grabs her phone. Jake, who asks how did it happen while Brooke asks who it was. Audrey excuses herself and Emma follows her out and finds her by her locker and asks her if everything is okay. Audrey. Jake yawn. Audrey says she called Rachel to check in on her and her mom answered the phone. Brief suicide mention sort of. We find out that Rachel was hanging from her ceiling fan and like wouldn't it show up in the autopsy? Like, wouldn't they be able to tell about how she was dropped from further or something? Like, I decay what I'm trying to say, but it's bullshit. Her death is ruled a suicide. Anyway, trigger warning over. It's um actually not ruled that. Audrey walks off pissed and Emma's filling with grief. And then we cut to Rachel's room. So, brief suicide mention again. But, like I said, brief. So here Rachel is tied to her ceiling fan, but like a piece by like a piece of fabric. But, you know, she we know that she was killed with a rope that would come up in the autopsy for sure. Trigger warning over again. We fade out and back into Audrey sitting in a chair in the hallway. Noah sits down next to her and asks if she's going home. Audrey says that her dad is picking her up and Noah says he's sorry about Rachel. Audrey then says, yeah, well, all re our relationship wasn't even up. Uh, was it one more time let's try this again yeah well our relationship wasn't even legal under the bylaws of lakewood municipal code so knows this gay rights jokes he hugs her from the side and we cut to emma brooke and riley walking down the hall as brooke says apparently she was a train wreck looking for a station emma tells her to stop she just died and she also begins to blame herself vocally riley then tells her not to brain blame herself because they were all there that that night emma excuses herself and goes to the bathroom crying she then overhears someone saying that whoever posted that video has blood on their hands 
And it sounds like they've got a new Nina. But listen, Emma didn't post this video. Nina did before she was fucking killed. Like, it just seems irrelevant that they're having that conversation. Very mean girls. Um, We cut to the outside of a cafe called Grindhouse Coffee. Inside, Emma is working. Piper is sitting on her computer, which is an Apple product. It's, an, it's a MacBook. Emma asks if she needs something. And Piper says that she's fine, but if her boss is a squatter Nazi, and okay. Just okay. That's, I don't have it. Like, that is literally the exact words that Piper Shaw uses. Anyway, so she said she finishes saying that she will buy a breakfast burrito or something. Emma then recognizes her voice as the autopsy of a crime podcaster. Podcast host. Okay. Um, she then asks if she is Emma Duvall and if her dad is Kevin Duvall, the sole survivor of the Brandon James attack. Emma says that she actually doesn't talk about that. Piper apologizes and says she's been trying to see if there are any connections between what happened back then and what's happening now. Does this count as a Brandon James is alive? Yes. Yes. Yes, it does. Piper then says that she has a very serious caffeine addiction, so she will be seeing a lot of her. Emma tells her that if she respects her privacy, she will keep her caffeinated. Piper then agrees. We then fade into Emma closing up the cafe. She goes outside to throw some trash. When she hears a bottle rolling around the ground, she then says, hello. <laughs> I always find that so funny, but I did that the other day. You know how in movies, like, people hear a sound and they're like, hello, hello, like, calling out to it, you know, white people shit. Remember, again, I am white, so, of course, I hear a weird sound in the house while I'm alone, and I immediately go looking around, going, hello, 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 like an idiot. Life imitates art. Not specifically the scene. Um, she also sees like a person trying to sleep in the alley. Um, also, we are now a little over halfway through the episode with just 18 minutes and 20 minutes. 20, 20, oh my fucking gosh. 18 minutes left and 20 minutes in. She begins to walk up to the person when the door to the cafe closes on itself. And the person in the alley begins to get up. Emma turns to the door and tries to open it, but she looks back where the person was and they're gone. Well, sort of. They're behind another dumpster and they stand up and I swear I see hair like light brown longer hair. Emma grabs two, uh, grabs like a two by four to arm herself as the scary hooded person stares at her. She takes off back to the front of the cafe and is freaked out by someone being there. So she swings and barely misses Will, who is standing there. She asks Will what, what he's doing there, and he says he got, it, got her text. Then we fade into black and back into the inside of the cafe. This was obviously a commercial cut. Emma is holding up Will's phone with the text saying that he should meet her at the cafe. The phone is a Windows phone, so we can add that into our motive list. And just for having a Windows phone, I really feel like he should be our main suspect. Emma then says she didn't send this text. She also tells him that someone is pretending to be her. He tells her it's okay. He suggests it's probably Brooke trying to be matchmaker. Emma tells him no because Brooke thinks he needs more time on the bench. She hands him back his phone and he says, great. Thanks, Brooke. Wilden says that he spent so much time explaining that he's never apologized. And then he says, sorry. She then says, okay, that's fair. The thing with me and Karen was just once too. And he says, <laughs> what thing with Kieran? The difference here is Emma and Will were broken up or on a break and he slept with Nina. Emma and Will were in a fight and she kissed Kieran. So who cheated? Who really cheated? Emma did. Like, I hate to say it, but a break, in my opinion, means that y'all are broken up. That y'all are not romantically, sexually, physically platonically involved but i also don't think i think breaks are stupid if you're gonna have a break you might as well just fucking be done 
Anyways, so Emma tells him that she kissed Karen at the party in the greenhouse and it felt great. Will says he guesses that he deserves that and Emma says that she can't be with him if she can't trust him. But she's technically the one that cheated. Like, I get... I get where her, her like, anxiety or anxiousness within the relationship because of who Nina was. Like, I get that portion of it. I, I just, I just need that to be known, I guess. You know, she cheated. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that Emma and Will shouldn't be together, but I also don't want her with Kieran. Anyway, so Will says, I know, and I have to earn that back, but it would mean a lot of you if you came to the game tomorrow. My dad is out of control, and I'm under a lot of pressure. Emma says that she will try. So now we're cutting to Maggie doing Rachel's autopsy. She says, this is odd. Then Emma walks in with some coffee. I think y'all might have heard that verb. <laughs> My bad. Um, Maggie tells her that she doesn't mind when she visits her normally, but this one is disturbing. Emma looks at Rachel's body and sees her scars and asks if that's Rachel Murray. Maggie says that she had some issues with depression. Emma tells her that Nina filmed the video of Audrey and Rachel and she was there and she let it happen. Maggie's eyes are watering and Emma leaves crying. We then cut to Audrey sitting in the library on her laptop looking at her footage of Rachel making an obituary video and posting it on YouTube. That is not what YouTube is used for. If you're using YouTube to post personal fucking videos to share with your family. <sighs> what are you doing? Audrey Jensen is an idiot. Also, the actors on this show, when at the time that the show was filmed... were decently young like they understood teenagers more than probably the writers why didn't they speak up about this why didn't one of them go you know this is kind of stupid that i would be doing this i mean like i i understand like the video of the kissing and you know like wearing raising awareness for like fucking cyberbullying or whatever and you know real life bullying <laughs> but it just doesn't make sense to me that they're just like posting this shit on YouTube. Oh yeah, it's gonna go viral. No, it's not gonna go fucking viral. Nobody actually cares outside of your little group, you know? Anyway, so we cut back to Maggie in her space and she's talking to Sheriff Hudson, her morgue. She says that the injuries don't make sense with where they found her. They're talking about her death being a murder. Maggie then tells tells the sheriff that Emma admitted to not stopping the videos from being posted, but if it was murder, she wouldn't have to blame herself. Sheriff Hudson tells her it's her call if the death is suspicious. She asks, what if the call is Rachel Murray? 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 I don't fucking know. Got murdered. He says, then things just got more complicated. We cut to the basketball game. Brooke and Emma sit down on the bleachers. Jake asks how it went with Emma and if it worked, which means that Jake sent the text like the killer. Dot, dot, dot. Brooke sees Mr. Branson and says she's going to get some licorice whips and that she will be right back. We cut to the dark hallway where Noah offers to film the game highlights for Audrey and she says she needs the, needs the distraction. Noah changes the subject to Riley and him when his phone goes off and we see a text from Riley telling him to meet him, meet her on the football field. Audrey then tells him to go that she can do this. Audrey enters the gym and as the mayor is leading a moment of silence for Rachel and Nina, she was recording but she turns the camera off. On the football field we see Noah enter it a bit afraid as all the lights are on and he calls out for Riley. She doesn't answer. The lights go out and she comes up behind him and puts her hands over his eyes and tells him to let his eyes adjust. And he freaks out and says, oh, geez, you're like a ninja. Riley says, that's racist. <laughs> Noah tries to backpedal, but she was just messing with him. 
We go back to the football uh, to the football game to the basketball game before cutting to Brooke, who is eating a Twizzler, not like a real Twizzler. It's like off brand or whatever. He tells um she asks Mr. Branson how's it hanging, and he tells her good. She then whispers that she's not making this any easier. She says that she isn't the one who discontinued their study sessions. He asks when. When they can talk. And she says, language arts, third period. And he says, you know what I mean. And then whispers, I miss you. I don't know why I felt the need to whisper that too. She then says, then grow a pair and come get me. And then she walks away again and we cut back to the basketball game. Kieran walks over to Emma and says, hey. Kieran says that Will is pretty good. And asks if she let him plead his case. She answers, yeah, right after I almost took his head off with a two-by-four. She explains the situation and says, I was closing up at work, and I'm pretty sure someone was trying to scare me. Kieran says, and then he showed up, and he explains, it's classic, messes with your head, and then rescues you. She says, no way. And he follows up with, did he ask you for one little favor? Favor? Something that, that tugged at your heartstrings. She doesn't answer, and he just says, I thought so. Now we're cutting back to Ridley and Noah on the football field, looking at the stars. <laughs> just remembering the next episode. <laughs> Noah is going on a monologue rant saying, Romance is always shoehorned into genre fair. I mean, seriously, why would Sarah, Connor, and Kyle re-sleep together if they... Have the Terminator chasing after them. Noah then says that the Terminator is favorite movie, and Riley suggests they watch it sometimes. He says, or I can let you borrow the DVD. <laughs> Noah Foster cock blocking himself. Riley also says, a girl likes a little romance with her gore. And it's just. It's like slightly cringy, but it's still funny. I gotta sneeze. You wanna hear what my sneeze sounds like? He changes the subject to their drinks. It's not coming, sorry. I'm just gonna continue. That's what that was. He changes the subject to their drinks and says that it's really good. And she tells him it's it's a basil cucumber martini. Always shaken and never stirred. They stare at each other for a minute and she takes his cup out of his hand and asks if he's a virgin. He nervously says, what? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm like a regular man slut, just like so many girls. Riley then kisses him and they're making out under the stars. We cut back to the baseball. To the, just every time this game is. I'm sorry. I don't know why I can't read fucking basketball correctly. Yawning again. Hold on. We cut back to the basketball game. Oh, I got a burp. This is why people edit their audio. Will makes it. To... Oh, I skipped the first sentence that I haven't gotten to say yet. We cut back to the basketball game as Will makes the final basket and wins the game. Will then runs and runs up to Emma, and thanks her for coming. While Brooke is texting on her phone, which is also not an iPhone, it honestly looks like a Samsung. And but Brooke is such like an iPhone girly. What the fuck? Like you're telling me that Brooke is not an iPhone girl. I think she might have an iPhone in season two. Emma tells him that he played a good game, and Will asks her if if she likes Karen. Emma tells, Emma says that she doesn't want to fight. And he just says, good. Like, what do you mean, Will? That was an obvious yes. He then kisses her. Karen sees the kiss and leaves upset. Emma just tells him good night and leaves. Will smiles happy and at noticing that Karen is gone. Audrey is playing with her camera when Emma walks up and says hi. She also says, I liked the film you made for Rachel. She then says that it is that she is taking full responsibility for Rachel's death and that Audrey has every reason to hate her. 
and instead of waiting for a response, she just leaves. We are now cutting to Emma's house to her on her couch and her phone when her alarm starts going off on her cell phone. She disarms her alarm and checks the kitchen and the door is wide open. The Okay, her, <laughs> I don't know what I was doing there. I like skipped back into the middle of the last sentence that I read. Her house phone rings and she answers it. The phone call appears to be coming from the security company. The security person then asks for her name and code word. And she tells them her name and her code word, which is Amethyst. He tells her that there's a patrol nearby and she asks if she should wait outside. And he tells her it's safer inside because if someone was trying to break in, the alarm probably scared them off. She asks if they will stay on the line with her and he says yes. And she apologizes if she seems on edge because her family has been harassed before. <clears throat> He tells her that it's not a problem and he understands with the with the town being on edge due to Brand, all the Brandon James talk. She then asks how far away they are and he says three minutes tops. She is holding a bat as he asks her what she's doing home tonight, watching some TV and if there's anything good on. She asks if if they are on his if this is his way of trying to distract her and he says you see right through me. He says, come on, humor me. What do you like to watch? She says she doesn't know. Game of Thrones, Scandal. He asks how to get away with murder. She says, yeah, that one is pretty good, I guess. He says, I'd like a strong female lead. You sound pretty tough yourself. If that guy's still in your house, maybe he should be, he should be afraid. She tells him not to joke about that. He chuckles and says, sorry, what else do you like? Comedy? Horror? She says, definitely not horror. Real life is scary enough these days. I barely sleep anymore. He says, you look tired. She says, what? And he says, you sound tired. She asks what he, what is taking the patrol so long. And he says, he's getting, he's getting close. As she locks an open window. And then he says, what you should really be asking yourself is, did you just lock me in or out? She turns around holding her back. And says, if you are in this house, I swear to God. And he says, what are you going to do? Try a little batting practice on me? She says, yeah. She's like, yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to beat the shit out of you with my bat. He says, she has to find him first. Emma now says that she has his number and she's calling the police. And he tells her... By all means, go ahead. They'll reach a nice and confused man named Art who works for the security company and the cops will never get here in time. So I suggest you talk to me. She then asks what he wants from her and they answer to show her the truth. The truth about who she really is. She tells them that they don't know her and if they and they say, I'm going to show you. Everyone is lying to you. You're two-faced friends. You're fraud of a family and you're whore of a mother. It all started with her, Emma, and it's going to end with you. See you soon. And then they hang up. And the episode is over. So, finally, thoughts, final thoughts. First off, we didn't see Karen's phone or get a good shot of Piper's. We also didn't see Mr. Branson's or Maggie's. Although Maggie, that is Emma's mom, also known as Daisy, her phone does make the same sound as I believe Riley's. So we can infer from that that she also has a Samsung or whatever phone fucking Riley has. The sheriff isn't a suspect and neither is the mayor. Also, I think we as a society are over the whole whore thing now. Like, why does that have to be the motive? Like, I semi understand the motive of... um why that's the motive like the first movie because you know he was a little emo that his dad and mom got divorced like I understand that I don't know definitely not so much in 2015 either is what I mean like so I guess that it's like only slightly accurate this is like 2015 is like right in the beginning of um the 
like, I wouldn't say like the end of slut shaming because it still very much goes on, but it started getting into like the, what is the fucking word that I'm looking for? It's bold of me to assume that I even know the word. It's also bold of me to assume that I even actually completely remember 2015. It's like the rise of sexual positivity. It's like the start, not the rise, the start. Also, in this episode, um, we only got one kill this episode, which was Rachel. So far, we're down three in order, Tyler, Nina, Rachel. There was something else I wanted to say. It is really funny that Kevin Bacon's daughter, who is Rachel's actress, is getting called a pig because her last name is Bacon. Like, I can admit that that's a little funny. Would I do that to her face or, like, comment anything? Like, no. Because, like, the con- like, she has no way of knowing that that's what I mean unless I, like, physically, like, say that. I feel like that's a little too, like, rambly. Okay, let's get through suspects. So, the police suspects are Tyler and Noah. We know that. So, at the beginning of the episode, those are their suspects. Um, And as we know, Tyler is dead. And Noah, well, we've got no alibi, really. We have no reason not to believe that he's the killer. So, my personal, I, I put our personal, but I guess these are kind of just my personal suspects. Um, Today, they are mostly based off the kind of phones they use, so here that is. Jake, for his threats against Noah, has a Samsung. He also has the ability to clone Emma's phone for Will. Will and Jake together for their weird cyber stuff. Will has a Windows phone. Audrey hates Nina, has a Samsung. Riley has a Samsung. Noah has an Android or Windows. No iPhone. Brooke, Samsung phone. On our Brandon James mentions this episode, we have Sheriff Hudson mentioning five times and being the winner. Piper is the only one who mentions that he could be alive and that only happens twice. I also think that Emma has main character syndrome, if I'm going to be honest. But whatever, I can live with that considering she's the main character. Her guilt over Rachel's death is very real, and I would probably act the same in, in fact, in a similar situation that was not murder, but the other way around. I had, well, I would call it survivor's guilt, which is not the same thing that Emma is feeling here. But I am a lot like Emma in the sense that I, too, have main character syndrome and being peaked in high school. Anyways. This episode was funny as fuck, and for one, centered around um, suicide, if I'm going to be honest. Also, um, fun fact, every episode that I've posted, the last, this being the third episode, so the last two episodes, the two episodes before this, the 100 and the Supernatural episode, both dealt with suicide. Isn't that fucking weird? I can't remember... What happened in the 100 episode? That was suicide. I know for sure it was in the, the Supernatural episode. Um, I just think that that's funny. So um, before I completely like end this episode, I do have something else to say. Now, um, other than commending myself for getting two episodes out in a fucking week and um, getting an episode out the day before I left last week, keeping it somewhat together, um, I have started the next episode of the MTV Scream. I will be watching everything else illegally because my Netflix is turned off at the moment. But... In attempt not to make it sound like I'm going to plagiarize myself, um, I do have to write a final paper for one of my my for my writing class about um, comparing a novel or book or whatever to its movie counterpart. So 
Um, the only book that I physically own, I think, let me see. We're going to come look at my bookshelf. Oh, I guess I do also have the Da Vinci Code. Um, I also do also have, I do also, I do also, really, Rebecca? I also have the Interview with the Vampire. Interview with the Vampire. I have a lot of the series. Funny story, I actually was looking for a new copy of Dracula, which I also have, which has also been made into a movie. <laughs> so I have, like, three other books that I could use. Um. Oh, so I was looking for Dracula, a uh, third copy of Dracula. Um, while at a used bookstore that where like you bring books and they give you you bring books and you get like credit or whatever to be able to get more books and I was looking for Dracula and I went dude let me tell you this fucking place looked like a hoarder's fucking wet dream I don't know why I'm cussing so much while telling the story it doesn't need all that like I'm, I'm like seriously from like the floor to the ceiling fucking books everywhere <laughs> And uh, it's, like, semi-organized. Like, there's classics, there's horror, there's sci-fi. And I was like, what do you categorize Dracula as? Bram Stoker's Dracula. I don't know uh, if I need to be specific about that, but I'm specifically talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula. So. I'm looking for it. I look in the classic section. That's the first place I go, because I'm like, Bram Stoker's Dracula has to be a classic, right? It just has to be a fucking classic. It wasn't in that section. So now I'm pissed. You know, and I and there's only one other, like, place to get books in my town, and that would be Entertain Mart. They don't open until 12. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's in the, maybe it's in the sci-fi section. I don't know why I thought it would be in the sci-fi section. I was like, vampires are kind of sci-fi. Not all, not all vampire books are horror. I personally don't think Dracula counts as horror. It's not scary. I mean, I could see it being like a thriller, but maybe not like straight up horror. Um, so I'm looking. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I cannot find it. I cannot find it. And I'm like, well, duh, obviously it's not going to be in the fucking sci-fi section. It's horror. It's classic horror horror so so i go to the horror section and i'm looking up and down that you know it's right next it's right next to the thriller section and remember this is like top to bottom it's not organized alphabetically at all not by like book names or authors last names authors first names it's just not organized they're just all on fucking shelves and it is a fucking nightmare and i'm like oh you know what I'm obsessed with vampires. If you don't know me, I have a problem with vampires. I will be the first person to, to tell anybody that. I am obsessed with vampires. It started, I'm getting a little off traffic, but a little, a, a lot off topic here. But it's important to note that it started with the um, little vampire, the live action movie when I was very young. So I'm obsessed with vampires. So I was like, I've never read the interview with the vampire books. I've never seen the first movie. Now I've seen Queen of the Damned and only like a, a small portion of that. And I was like, holy shit, I love vampires. I need to read these books. <laughs> um, so with the new show being out, I was like, I'm going to see if I can find all these books. I'm already here looking for a vampire book, specifically Dracula. So. Maybe I can find all of the interview with the vampire books, but I want to find them in order, you know? So while there, I find, um, in total, I want to say like seven of the books, but only the first five, like chronologically. And I was like, I'm not going to buy these yet because I want to have all of them in order. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want two books that just don't fucking belong <laughs> that are missing spaces i don't i don't want the missing spaces basically so um i bought those five books i bought those five books and as i'm checking out <laughs> it's also important to note that before this i was at walmart and i had bought three of the new dracula dolls granted only one of those was for me two of them were presents for christmas 
I'm not hoarding Monster High dolls. Maybe a little bit, but not like. So the the girl checking me out, the cashier, who is roughly around my age. I'm 23, by the way, almost 24. She's probably closer to like 20, though. Um, she's wearing a Monster High t-shirt, and I'm like, holy shit. I love your shirt, except PG than that. I'm like, oh, I love Monster High. I love your shirt. Um, I actually just bought three Dracula dolls. It's also important to know that I had bought um like two other dolls as well for my kid. It was just I specifically wanted a Dracula doll. Maybe one day, maybe one day I'll review the the Monster High movies. Anyways, there's a point to this. I go to Entertain Mart, right? Also, it's also important to note that this was literally like a week before fucking Halloween. There was no way I was going to find a fucking Dracula book. And the context to why I needed a third copy is because I have like the um, Barnes and Nobles edition, special edition, and then I have one. I have another copy that has Frankenstein and... Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So it's got three other, it's got two books in it. It's three books total in one together. And I don't, and I needed one that I could highlight, mark up, ruin, and I wanted to buy it secondhand because it already, like, had been used before. You know, I wanted to give an abandoned book a home. Where I could fucking basically destroy it in technical terms. I didn't find it. They didn't have one there. So I go to Entertain Mart. There's still like 10 minutes. Um, so I had to. I'm probably going to let you all know where I live. I had to go to H-E-B. Which was near. And. Go to the bathroom. While I was waiting. So I get back and um, apparently Entertain Mart doesn't open until fucking 12. Because. Nobody wants to buy shit before then, apparently. So I found it. It's, um, you know, like the classic book. I don't, I don't fucking know. I found, I found the book. It was like $8. It was the last copy that Entertain Mart had. And I went fucking crazy trying to look for it there, too. I looked in the, like the, the classics, not really the classic section, but I looked in the sci-fi, I looked in the horror, I looked in the fucking horror section, in the non-fiction, or the fiction section, trying to look, not non-fiction, I did not go in the non-fiction, I mean I did, but I wasn't, I was just looking. Um, I found the 6th and 7th, I think I actually bought 6 of the Interview with the Vampire books at the bookstore, but I got the 7th and 8th, because I have 8, I have 8 of them, I got, so I got the 7th and 8th book. At Entertain Mart. Um, finally, I find fucking Dracula in the teen section. In the teen section. In the teen section. In the fucking teen section. It was annoying. So upset. Um, so basically, like I said... I was I went off on a little tangent there. It's more of like a funny story. I wasn't like actually that upset. I was just looking for what I was looking for. Surprisingly also there was um Edgar Allan Poe available around Halloween. I'm surprised nobody bought those. So I was looking through my books trying to figure out. I was like, "Fuck. I have this project or this paper, this final due next week." What book should I do? Originally, I was like, oh, I should do Paper Towns because I really hated the ending to the Paper Towns movie. I'm sorry, John Green. I think you didn't like it either. But I liked that in the book, it was, it just like ended. Like that was just it. We didn't find out if they kissed, what happened. But in the movie, not only do they kiss, or at least I think, I think they might, I haven't read the book. I've read the book once in middle school. But in the movie, it's like, we get some sort of, um, what's that called? What is that called? Oh, 
bro. What is that called? It starts with a C. We got in the movie they give us some sort of um dude you know whenever you know whenever like you break up with somebody or they break up with you and you leave them with no I don't even know what to fucking Google to figure out what word I'm thinking of. Basically, like, you don't get any, like, explanation. You don't, like, feel. So, so I was thinking about doing that. I was like, well, I'm sure there are other differences in the movie and in the book. I don't currently own the book. I don't have any services to watch the movie. I'm sure I could find it illegally, though. Both illegally. And so I was going to do that one. But then I was sitting here and I was like, fuck, I really don't want to do that. I don't want to watch that movie again. So what can I do? What books do I have that I can write about? Um, and those would be The Interview with the Vampire, Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Stephen King's Carrie. I also have Stephen King's The Outsider. And um, like I said, I completely forgot that I had The Da Vinci Code. I also have um, Dan Brown's Angel and Demons. I do also have um, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. As well as obviously Frankenstein and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I do also have Looking for Alaska. Alaska but um, I think that counts as a show and not a film. Unfortunately, I don't think I would get away with that. Um, I have like the randomest fucking books though. Oh, I also have the Born Identity. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. I've never read it. Um, I've also never read most of the other books that I named off. Dracula being one of them. I've read parts of Dracula. So anyways, I was sitting here and I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I was like, oh, you know, there are significant, huge differences, huge differences, huge differences in the movie Carrie and the book Carrie that kind of almost change, like it changes the reasonings. So I was like, I'm going to do Carrie. And, you know, it's got to be like three, you have to have three body paragraphs. And I'm like, I don't know what to talk about Carrie and her bullying. And her, um, her abilities. The first mention of The Shining. I always call it The Shining, even though it's not technically named The Shining yet. But that's not what it's called yet. But she has The Shining. Like, that's the thing. It, I mean, even though she was born with it. So. Um, then I was like, wait. Isn't there a totally... What about Chloe Grace Mortez? I love Chloe Grace Mortez. I fucking love Chloe Grace Mortez. And she happens to be uh, Carrie in the 2013 Carrie movie. So I was like, this is perfect. I can watch both of these movies, which I've both already seen and have like extensive, not extensive, but I like know everything. So I can watch these two movies and skim through and or read the book of Carrie because I own Carrie and I have started reading it. I have not finished reading it, but I have gotten to the main point of the book, which is Carrie's appearance or of my report, which is Carrie's appearance and why they use pig's blood. So um the whole point of me going off on this really long 15 minute fucking tangent about basically nothing is expect two videos on each uh, one uh, videos two episodes on um 
1976 version and the 21 expect two videos about Carrie one being the 1976 and one being the 2013 because if I'm going to watch the movies second by second by second to make sure I get the details I need I might as well make a fucking podcast episode and because this is from the X-Fan my reasoning is because Chloe Grace Mortez duh and because I actually really do enjoy the Carrie movie like I 100% actually enjoy the Carrie movie uh well not I might mention offhanded some of the things that happen in the book that I know of what happens in the book so hopefully I'll get that out um eventually uh as for next episodes I will start watching those today I guess and hopefully I will get all three episodes out in a fucking week. Um, so next up on from an ex Scream fan, we will be watching uh, season one, episode three, titled "Wanna Play a Game." Um, this episode we will be losing. We will dive in the moral dilemma as Emma races to save her friends in season one, episode three, titled Want to Play a Game. And um, thanks for listening. And remember to follow uh, my Tumblr account for this podcast. Not my personal one. Sorry, Charlie. Um, at from an X dash fan. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed my um. Dracula story. If you ever want to know more about my obsession with vampires, I can go on to that because it's like it's pretty bad. Um, it, it's pretty bad. I know so much information for no reason. I mean, there's a reason. Um, but I love vampires. I love vampires. So, uh, like I said, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, um, I wasn't moving around too much while holding my microphone for this last 20 minutes. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Hi. So, I just um, remembered the word I was looking for when talking about paper towns. Um, the word I was looking for is, in fact, closure. I like that the book leaves us with, like, a sense of no closure, whereas the movie doesn't. It kind of, like, changes the whole story, in my opinion. Anyways. Thank you for still being here while I jump back on to, I don't know where I'm going with this, bye.